Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Tuesday, Tuesday, April 19th in uh, the Major League Baseball Association. The, the, we're not doing NBA, right? When the playoffs, Jokic got ejected yesterday for some reason, what the Warriors won or. Stuff, stuff happened. Stuff happened in the NBA. Don't care about it. It's baseball season. And uh, we've been talking about that for God knows how long uh, until NFL is back, especially. Uh, but we got the people in the YouTube chat. Suki Singh here, as usual, early. You know, beat, beat real life picture, right? 1047 Eastern. Good morning. Doug Montgomery. Good morning. Daniel Hutchins. Hola. Marge Mimic. Eric Brunick. Trey. Steve. Producing in the chat. Good morning. Good morning, people. How was your slate yesterday? I had a good slate yesterday. Could have been even better. Could have even been greater. But uh, but no. No, the the, the Reds did, did not do enough. The Astros did not do and just with just just a little bit. Just a little bit. I came in, I came in what fifth in the $88 one. I cashed all my line. I played five lineups yesterday. That's all I did. Typically, the shorter the slate gets, the more that I don't really want to play like 100 lineups or anything. So I played one to 250 on DraftKings, one in the 121 and three in the $88, right? Kind of kind of a little bit smaller field, a little bit smaller field uh, than, the, than the large field stuff. And uh, my my strategy was uh, was pretty simple, it was pretty, pretty damn simple, right? If I'm pl- if I'm playing five lineups, I, I just I'll cut out. I like a lot of people don't realize that the less amount of money that you have at risk or less amount of lineups, you play riskier. You should be. I mean, like in, in general, right? When you have a hundred lineups, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fade a 70% own pitcher in a hundred line. I mean, you can, but if they do well, then all hundred lineups may be down in the drain, right? You have five lineups. Like, what are you doing trying to play everyone? You see. How much diversification can you really get in five lineups? Okay. So I choose not to diversify in five lineups really much. Okay. So I played five lineups. It's like, I'll build them by hand. We got three postponements, two postponements. What I mean, the, the, the Tampa Bay Chicago game still played. So it's a small slate and the chalk is obvious. The chalk is totally obvious, right? Everyone's, it's, this, this is the lineup that everyone's playing. Everyone. It's going to be Montes, Manaya, Phillies. Like, that's it. That's it. Like, and then fill out the rest, right? That's going to be the, such the obvious line. If we take a look here at, at ownership in the $88 contest, <coughs> 72% Montes, 44% Manaya, then Harper, 40% for a $6,200 hit. 27% Schwarber, 25% Real Muto, 24% Bohm, 21% Castellanos, 18% Hoskins, 17% Segura, right? And eventually you get down, you get like the, the, the Stott and Veerling or whoever at the bottom of the order. It's like, this seems like so easy to me, right? And when in, when, when, when in doubt on a smaller slate, smaller, it was like, what, six, seven games? It was seven games. Like, I'm just going to fit, like at this ownership, just I just I just X'd out cores, all right? Just X it out. Phillies, just, just that, don't even worry about it. Like I'm, I'm playing the game as if the, that game it doesn't exist. They, they don't do well. It turns out they didn't, right? So once, once I take out the Phillies, it's like, well, I could, I could do whatever the hell I want. 
So I don't even have to really concern myself with, well, what's sneaky stack? Well, everything else is fine. So it's like, what, what team totals? If I take away the cores game, what, what teams have the highest team? Total? Dodgers, Astros. Okay. Okay. Let's plug that. And then it's like, do I want the, the, the chalky pitcher combination? Montes Minaya. <clears throat> or do what I normally do, right? But especially when I have very few lineups is stack against a, a chalky pitcher. The gain is much, you're getting so much relative value by doing that. So I had to choose between the Orioles against Montes or the Reds against Minaya. Now, Minaya was 9,100 compared to Montes at 7,300. And because I was paying up for guys like the, the expensive Astros and the expensive Dodgers, that, that 1,800, I, I kind of needed a bit of. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll play Montes then. And then I'll play, the Reds were really cheap. So there you go. There are my three teams. I built five lineups. And essentially I built, you know, five, three combinations, right? So Dodgers five, Astros three. Dodgers five, Reds three. Astros five, Reds three. Reds five, Dodgers three. Reds five, Astros three. You know, like just five, five, three lineups. Can I just get that right? Because I remember I'm not playing the largest of fields. So the one-off type of stuff, it's like just five, three. And if the Phillies put up 12 runs today, I just lose. Just like, that's it. Or if one of them, right, if, if Kyle Schwarber hits two home runs or something, has 37 points, then I just lose. And that's the way it is, right? And it turns out uh, it wasn't the way it was. It was uh, my my third place, my what, fifth, we had first place here. This is, this is yeah, fifth place for 2,000, <coughs> right? The only difference is that I put in Cody Bellinger when uh, uh, Tyler Naquin was scratched. Okay, so this lineup originally in this Cody Bellinger spot had Naquin. So it was a 5-3 Reds-Astros lineup. But, of course, Kershaw got hit in that sixth inning. Would have been nice to have an, an extra, you know, six points or something here. Right? He, did he even get the win? Yeah, I think he got the win. Yeah, because that was down to 13 when I was last checked. Right? I had Votto nothing, right? Altuve came out of the game late. Five points. I got the nut. I got the nut outfield combination: Alvarez, Bellinger, and Fam. <coughs> right, Fam was four percent owned because no one was. Everyone's playing Manaya, and no one's playing the Reds. So take a look at you know, take a look at this amount of leverage. Right, I'm not even playing either. I'm not playing Montes in this lineup, and I'm not playing the trucks. I'm not playing any part of the Phillies. So it's like I don't need everything to be perfect. Look, I came in fifth place. With a zero, with a five, with, with, with a three from Kyle Farmer, right? I got the right outfield spots. I got enough points at, at pitcher. Now, not enough. I still needed up here at 170. Yeah, Machado had a, had a good game, right? Look, the person that won the $88, 20K to first, didn't even have Alvarez in there. And he's the highest scorer on the slate, right? But he had uh, the Dodgers four-man and... Some one-offs, right? Diego Castillo is a one-off, kind of, I don't know, weird lineup. Billy McKinney, right? Take a look at the second-place lineup here. Dodgers stack. There you go. Dodgers stack with Alvarez. Max Muncy had two points. Kevin Lux said zero. Came in second for 10,000. So you don't have to be perfect. That's why I was building five three lineups, or what this turned out to be a 4-3-1 because of a late scratch. The late, well, it wasn't late, late, but after I built lineups. Then in like contests like, let's see, if we go here to, uh, do they have any? 
I hate the fact that we don't have all the contents in here. We go to the, let's go to the large field, the relay throw. So what won the relay throw? He had 178. <coughs> the Colts. Dodgers stacked. Dodgers 5-2-1, right? Five Dodgers, two Reds, one Astro Alvarez, Garcia and McClanahan, two pitchers that I did play. I could have easily had this line. Easily. If I was playing large field contest, I could have easily had this line. Possibly even a better line. Not that hard. You don't even have to be perfect on slates, with the, especially when the chalk just fails dramatically. If we take a look at exposures, I'm going to go to uh, pair exposures across the board for, for the people that I've saved. I mean, we could just take a look at, like, look, Cheese didn't even play. Like, it looks like Cheese only played two lineups. So we can't count Cheese on DraftKings yesterday. But no, I enough people play. I mean, he was 35% owned. And other than other than maybe two, Harvey X played 74%. Yeah, but like Nerdy Tenor, Daniel in the chat, 13%. Uh, oh, that's Clayton Kershaw. No, Bryce Harper. Now it seems like a lot of sharp players still played a ton. I mean, at, at 35% owned, a lot of this is under, 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 under. If I played 150 lineups, I would have had some Philly stacks. Like Castellanos at 6,000 under. I mean, yeah, we, some people played that. And the Phillies projected way higher than any other team. But no, my, 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 my strategy was let's, let's just ex exit out. Maybe play Nola against the Rockies. I didn't get to Nola. I ended up playing either Garcia, Montes. Kershaw or McClanahan. I only had five lineups. But you see what happens on a slate like that, where there's such heavy chalk, and, it, and it's baseball. It's baseball, people. There's no such thing as a short thing in, in baseball, DFS. There's not, nothing. The prices would have been even cheaper than this, and I would have said, okay, well, why am I, why am I playing lineups? If I play Montes, Manaya and five Phillies, that lineup is, I'm, I'm duplicated by like 20% of the field of the entire contest. So I need to, I need that to go well. And then my three, the other three people in my lineup have to be perfect. And it's going to be a high scoring slate. No, I'll root for a low scoring slate. Phillies don't do nothing. Much easier then, right? Because I have so many more paths of winning. That's how you should be thinking. What is your path to first place? Daniel in the, in the YouTube chat says, the large field DK contest, the $15 relay throw at 52%, 150 matches. Yes. It's not, it, I, I don't like playing that contest anymore. With the payout structure the way it is. That's why, like, I prefer FanDuel, even though their payout structure sucks also. Just that, that when they have a 4 or $5 contest, of that, that's their main GPP, less percentage of the field are 150 matches because it's a bigger field. Right, it's for thirty-five thousand entries instead of ten thousand or fifteen thousand entries. But yeah, it's so much easier to win when other things fail instead of thinking about what's going to do well. So it's very easy on slates to go, okay, what, what, what players, what pitchers, what stacks are being overowned. 
especially when they're overrun to the nth degree, like on this past slide. Not like overrun, like, oh, they're going to be 12% owned, they should be 10% owned. It's like there is leverage there, yeah, but not as dramatic as here the stack is going to be 25 to 30% owned on a seven-game slate. Like, that's just heavy. Is it warranted? Yeah, it, it was by far the top projected stack. Yes. But you know what the easiest way to win in, win is? When that fails, just because, like, that's all you need to root for. If I, were, if I were to build 50 lineups yesterday, I may have just played all the combinations that didn't include the Phillies. More of the combinations that I was, I was, that I was playing. I would have played some all, Orioles against Montes. I would have had some Reds against Manaya. I would have had the Rockies and no, you know, like some, something like, and just X to have 0% of all the Phillies, or maybe I would have Phillies as only one-offs, that type of thing where I'm never, I'm never playing them in a stack. You're just running out of combos that you're, that you're going to have to compete against. So instead of thinking who's going to do well, think of who's not going to do well, right? Especially in baseball where the failure rate is so much higher. More things are likely to fail than do well for you. Remember, if you go three for 10 at the plate for your career, you're a Hall of Famer in baseball. Seven out of 10 times, you don't do nothing. So think that way in DFS. What has to go wrong for the field for you to win? And when that thing goes wrong, you have multiple ways to win. And you don't have to be perfect. Right? You can have a zero in your lineup and win. That's because all the 40, 30, and 25% on batters also have zeros or threes or something. But so many of the lineups have them in it. So, I mean, look how low the scores were yesterday. Trey said, dude, one in our Discord, I think by playing the pitcher against the Phillies. Yeah, that's that's leverage, right? That's le- that's not necessarily leverage that I particularly employ often. You play Chad Cool against the Phillies, play the pitcher against the chalk stack. The only reason I say that is that a lot of times for the stack to fail, like it, like think of the correlation between the two. Okay. So like if I were to play the stack against the chalk pitch. So let's say I played like when I did with Manaya, or if I played the Orioles against Montes. Okay. If 60% of the field have Montes, number one, Pitching ownership gets more, they're more owned, right? You're more likely to see 60% owned pitchers than 60% owned batters, right? So obviously these pitchers tend to be more owned. So there's more leverage available to you. So if Montes is not the highest scoring pitcher, if let's say Montes only has 10 points, most likely the Orioles stack did something. Right for him not, not to score that well, unless he got injured or something. So Montes's floor is more correlated to the Orioles' ceiling. So I'm more likely to like, well, I'm going to gain so much more by playing a five-man or three-man or whatever. Play multiple Orioles batters against Montes and no Montes. Now let's think of it the other way. How does a stack fail? A stack fails when it doesn't put up enough runs, right? Not that it's zero, not that it's not a complete game, perfect game shutout, right? I'm not talking about that. So the five-man Philly stack fails where the Phillies only score two or three runs, right? 
Bryce Harper could have a home run, right? Alec Bohm could go two for five. I mean, like, they can score a couple of runs, and the stack still fails because other teams on the slate put up more runs or enough runs in enough spots where you don't need these guys, where Bryce Harper with 16 points is unnecessary, right? Because you could have Jordan Alvarez. You could have uh, Tommy Pham. You could have uh, Cody Bellinger. You could have other people, right? So it's quite possible if you play if you play Chad Cool and get, and go, I'm going to get leverage by playing the 1% on pitcher against the the chalk stack. Well, what it well, doesn't mean the pitcher does well, right? Does the pitcher's ceiling does not correlate as much to the stack's floor? Oh, the Phillies don't do well. That means Chad Cool did well. Not necessarily. Chad Cool could pitch four innings. Right, 80 pitches, right? Walk three guys, two strikeouts, give up three runs. And those are the only three runs that the Phillies score the entire game. Right. So the Philly stack is sitting there with no home runs. They got some doubles or whatever, right? Some walks, a stolen base, and the stack sucks. But Chad Cool's sitting there with like five points, not even win eligible. It's like, oh, well. Well, then what was the point in doing that? Like, it's there are more. Now, obviously, there are times where, yeah, Jack Cool can come out and throw 700 strikeouts. Yeah, of course. But there are a lot more outcomes where the pitcher still does not score that well and the stack fails also than the other way around for the amount of leverage that you get. Because pitchers are more owned typically than batters. So stacking the Orioles against the six weeks on Montes, I only have to worry about Montes, right? But when you stack Chad Cool against six, seven batters, when you play Chad Cool against the field ownership on like a nine batters in a lineup, it's like, well, what happens if uh, what happens if uh, the Gene Segura hits uh, Grand Slam or something like that? He puts up a lot of points. It's like, well, you don't have him, but. For $4,500 second baseman may end up being the winning lineup, even though Chad Cool has 16 points or something. So it's not as correlated. So when people ask me, I'd much rather play batters against a chalkier pitcher if I'm looking for leverage, right? If this is the whole thing. You don't have to do either. But if you're looking like for easy spots to find relative value, it's better to play bats against a chalk pitcher than to play the low-owned pitcher against the chalk bats. I'll probably have to say that a hundred times throughout the season. And the reason why I just like, why? Well, why did you choose uh, Manaya over Montes? It was just price-wise. I had no problem playing the Orioles against the against Montes. Just the eighteen hundred dollar difference. I was going to play one of the two chalk pitchers. They were the two best projected pitchers. Once I faded the Phillies, it's not like, okay, well, now I don't have to play either of the two pitchers either. Well, yeah, in the lineup that came in fifth, I had Kershaw and McClanahan. I had Montes in the other four lineups. And it just the $1,800 meant something. When I'm playing Mookie Betts, I'm trying to put together Altuve, Bregman, Freeman, Mookie Betts. I mean, all like these 5K guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need $1,800. I'm going to need $1,800, right? And then the, the Cincinnati Reds were cheap. Aquino was 2,100. Fan was 2,700, right? Stevenson was cheap. Like their farmer was 2,300. They were all cheap. So it's like it's so much easier combinations to make 
with the extra eighteen hundred, and then you played. The, but that was that was really the decision. That's it. No, no one that I see over. No, that that just it's a lineup construction thing. The Astros and Dodgers were cheaper. I wouldn't have had to do that. I could then I could play Monopoly. I just didn't. I didn't have enough salary in order to do it. But this wasn't done by like the like. People say, oh, you, you had optimizers and you ran lineups. Like, you don't have to do that. To find the five lineups that are playing, I, I, I did run. But the, I, I only put those players in my pool. Right? That's the, that's the difference. Figuring out what to do and then have the optimizer do what you want it to do. I just excluded everyone from the player pool. Excluded everyone. Brought back Kershaw, McClanahan, Montes, and... Garcia, and then I just included the the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Reds, and then said five three, and then run a whole ton of lineups, and I chose five. That's it. You could have built that by hand. I normally before I I could have built that by hand. And there you go. But you decide the strategy beforehand, right? I'm not going in going oh what should I what let the let let the lineup builder tell me what to do. No. Come up with your approach beforehand. Where's where's the leverage? Where who's underowned? Who's overowned? How do I piece these things together? What teams have like the the Dodgers? Barely, I mean, other than Bellinger in their lineup, they only had two outfielders, two outfield eligible players. No, three because Lux was outfield eligible. You're right; they had three, but that was a weird team, right? Bellinger, Betts, Lux. But then you have the Astros, and they have, you know, Alvarez, Brantley, Tucker, Siri. They have four outfielders. The Reds, they have three, with, and they were all cheap. So, like, how does everything mix together? If you if you need to play a shortstop, well, Turner is you, – you pay Trey Turner you're paying up for, but then you have Pena on the Astros, and then you have Farmer on the Reds if, you, if you're just using those three teams. So how do these things come together? That's how the five lineups came together. I want to weave weave them through. And also, I don't want to have all five. And I didn't want to have all five lineups having the same batter. Good thing I you were in Alvarez and four of them. That was good. Glad I had Tommy Pham in two out of five. But the Phillies could have easily came out and gotten, and gotten 15 runs. And I'm just sitting here, you know, last place, right? $635 in, zero out. But I put 635 in and I got what? 3,000? 3, 3,000 back? 3,000 out? 2,500? 24, $2,500 worth of profit? Pretty good. Pretty good. If you got any questions, feel free to uh, post them in the YouTube chat. Come on, I answer anything. Rick McGill says, uh, good morning. Took third, ninth, and tenth in the mini max. So let's take a look. In the mini max, we got that. Third, third, ninth, and tenth. Okay. Oh, I, I guess it's McGill. I guess it's the it's McGill person, right? Twelve hundred and eighteen dollars total total ROI. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Let's see what your best lineup. Oh, messy. You got a messy lineup. Well, four. You got a four. Okay, you got a four. You got four. You got four in there. I guess it's a small enough slate that you could do like 4X or something. Okay. McLennan, Montes, 
Freeman, Muncie, Turner, Bellinger. And then just got Yelich's. Yeah, Yelich had a grand slam. Let's see. Z1 Miguel here has this other lineup. Right. One, two, three. Okay, there's a five-band Brewers stack with Machado. Like, I mean, look, look how many paths there are to first place when the chalk fails. I mean, I mean, look, look at this lineup and compare it to like the lineup that, that was in the $88 contest. 168.80. Doesn't look nothing like the other, like Manaya Montes, right? He played the truck combination of pitchers. They played a Milwaukee stack that Yelich has a home run at, at Grand Slam at 8%. You still got Alvarez in there, but you also have Machado, G-Man Choi. I mean, like, there's so many paths to a big score, to a, to a, a leading score, not a big score. When you have 40, 20 to 40% on batters just going down in flames. So many ways to win. What won this? B-52 Douglas. One, two, three, um, kind of a messy-ish. San Diego, three, two, two, whatever, with a zero. Right? Had Chad Cool at 1% that you didn't need. Right? But had a, had a snowflake. Had a, the Cronenworth had zero. One. Won the Minimax. You could have just replaced Jay, Jay Cronenworth with any second baseman and had a better score than this. So many paths to first place. Especially in baseball where the failure rate is so high. If you just went into every, if you went into every slot and he said any, any stack that's more than 15% owned on, on, on a major, on a large size slate, 20% owned as, as 25% owned on a five or 16 slate. And you just said, I'm just going to X them out. And then build the build whatever lineups you want at that point, and just and literally don't even care about anything else. Because so I'm going to X out that that any any stack that's significantly higher than everything else, and just get rid of that team, and just play lineups just for the rest of the season. I don't think that that, that would be that horrible of an approach. That, that, I think that would be fine. Lean more towards that side than having to play the chalk team. Doug Montgomery says, I do that. You're going to run hot uh, HQ for a hundred lineups to try to choose. It's been exhausting. Wrong too. Well, if you get, once you get used to it, I mean, you could hand build. I mean, once I chose three teams, I could have hand, I could have hand built all five. Lineups. I could have. I was just lazy, right? Ah, do I have to go and I'll just, I'll just run it with some combinations or whatever, and then go through. It's like, do I want to play Jake Fraley? Now I got rid of all my Jake Fraley lineups, right? How much Jeremy Pena do I want? I don't have, I, I, I don't barely see any Trey Turner. So let me find at least one Trey Turner lineup. And I played Trey Turner in my Dodgers five man. And it's like, okay, all the other Trey Turner lineups get rid of, right? Like it's not that complicated. I'm not looking for the bat. I'm not looking like the ownership versus project. I'm not doing that. just like here. Here's a hundred. Here's a hundred possible lineups that have these combinations. And I just want one of each. I want one, five, three of every combination, whatever way it fits in, it fits in. Then Tyler Naquin gets scratched. And like, do I just plug in? Do I leave money on the ton of housing on the table and put in like Aquino or Fraley? Or do I play the better projected player and just play Bellinger? So I just put Bellinger. Uh, DJ Dog 3K says the most frustrating thing in DFS is getting the right teams and stacking the wrong guys. Been losing a lot because of that. I ride the storm though. Yeah, but. You gotta eat. That's why you play multiple lines, right? 
But that's one of the reasons why if I'm playing multiple line, if I'm playing a ton of lineups, I like to getting the diversity inside of the teams also. I'm not playing the same five guys from every – and I'm playing 100 lineups and I'm playing 20 Astro stacks and they're all the same five guys. And then Jose Siri or something that has 27 points and there are none of my lineups. So I want to have all the – I want Maldonado in there. I want everyone. Brantley in there. I want all of them in there. Uh, Rick McGill says, do you use the OIS function for lesser projected players and stacks you like? Possibly. Depends on the position. Depends on the slate. If there's anyone, if there's anyone that you only want in stacks, use that button. Sometimes, sometimes players that are too high owned, I only want in stacks. Sometimes players that are too low owned, I only want. Sometimes it depends on the, depends on the context of the slate. There's no right answer. Stop trying to find the right answer. There is no correct answer. What do you want to do? Okay, that, that's the question. What do you want to do? I typically, and I'm saying the word typically, don't like one-offs that are, are really not powered. They can't get there in one at bat, in one plate appearance, in one swing of the bat. Not a big fan of the ninth hitters that hit three home runs the entire season as being a one-off. Right, a $2,200 hitter that as a one-off. Now, if they're a catcher or a shortstop or a middle infielder on some slates, maybe I don't mind because the position may be very weak as it is. Outfield, probably don't work. Probably usually using the, usually using the OIS button on weak hitting outfielders. Well, there's so much, there's, on a slate, there's typically tons of power hitting outfield. But it may be a slate where you look at the shortstop position and go, this this all sucks, right? Or unless you're paying up for Trey Turner, nothing else matters. So it's like at that point, if Trey Turner doesn't have a big, either am I going to just use Trey Turner as a one-off in all my lineups because he's the only shortstop with power? No, I may just go, maybe the shortstop position doesn't matter much on this slate. So I don't mind a 2,300. I don't mind Nicky Lopez there. Because maybe the high, maybe maybe the highest scoring shortstop is twelve, and I have one with five, and that's fine. Like I said, it's the context. There's no correct answer. You have to find some way of weed, weeding out lineups. You can make tens of thousands of them if you don't. Uh, Doug Montgomery says, "So if I'm playing only four to five liners tonight, would I X out fours tonight? As it seems like obvious chalk tonight." Today's a much bigger slate, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. We got 11 games. Is it going to be chalk? I don't know. I haven't looked. Minnesota? It's Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota projects well. Against Freeland. Who's pitching for Colorado? Freeland? Depends on what the ownership is. Yesterday, the ownership was nuts because... It was by far above everyone else. And it was only a seven game slate with the two postponements. So it depends on what the dynamics of this slate are. Looks like that they'll, they'll be, I mean, that's the highest team total by far. I mean, that game has the highest, I mean, even like the Dodgers are only a four. Milwaukee's 4.7, Boston 4.8. So yeah, I could see that. I could see that being popular. How popular it is, I don't know. But the more popular it gets, the more likely it is. I, I could tell you right now, like if I'm if I'm playing five lineups or something like that, 
most likely I'm not pl- I'm not I'm not playing chalk. It has nothing to do with cores. It has nothing to do with ever. What's the easiest way for me to win? By by having the chalk fail. That's the easiest way for me to win. And if I'm, if I'm only risking this amount, and it's within my bank, well within my bankroll, then then I, I'm fine with the chalk getting there sometimes, and me just lose. I'm fine with that. I'll find combinations elsewhere, and I'll have more of a chance of winning first top 10 finish on a lot more slates, even though on some slates where the chalk comes in, I'll be dead last. Now, if you're playing a ton of lineups, right, you're risking a lot more. The better move would be to probably anything that's overall not play. But your swings are going to be ginormous. If you want to put in $2,250 and get zero back a lot of the time, how, how much of a bankroll do you have? How, what percentage of the bankroll do you play? So sometimes you still want to get some back. So even though the highest EV lineups wouldn't include the Coors game, there are still plenty of plus EV lineups that still include the Coors game. So maybe you play some of them also. Do, do, do. DJA Dog 3K says on the Theory DFS podcast, you were talking about whether or not you should play multiple people in the outfield from the same team. Have you drawn any conclusions on that? Uh, I, I have no definitive, uh, I have no definitive mathematical evidence that that is or is not better. It probably doesn't matter. But intuitively, I would think that you have a high... It, for large field contests, you have high, a higher ceiling by not playing three outfielders from the same team. Does it matter, though? No, it doesn't matter. You know when it matters? When you've conquered everything else that does matter, okay? MLB DFI, out of all the sports, MLB DFS is the sport that people overthink so far, MLB DFS is probably the easy, probably I would, MMA and golf, only because there's limited correlation in a very small player pool. I would put MLB DFS like right underneath there, like the, in, in ease of play. Okay. People overthink it. Well, I mean, when I mean overthink it, I'm talking about way overthink it. Like way, way, way overthinking. You can show a three minutes per hour slate and build great lineups with knowing nothing about MLB DFS. Like that's like if you're not at that point, get more towards that point. Anything if you're not if you're not able to come five minutes before a slate and build lineups, that means you're you're overthinking it too much. Okay. So the three outfielders thing, right? Does that matter? It may. It matters this much. Okay, so you know when you know when you start thinking about matters matters this much when you've already conquered the other the things that matter more, right? I'm going to figure out X, Y, and Z. Should I do, and then not not stack five man and not and not use projections and not care about ownership? It's like then the three outfit the thing doesn't matter to you anymore, right? What's the point of this? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm going to, like, if you're on a golf course, I don't know anything about really much about golf. People talk about like the different, st- the different heads for the, their woods, right? Or whatever. 
do you have a did this angle here, this like this, and the and you watch the guy swing and the guy swings and shanks it into the into the river. You look at the swing and you get like, I don't know how this guy even plays golf. But the guy worries so much about the angle on the head. Like nothing's going to change the fact that you don't know how to properly swing the club. So why are you worried about like the head shape and the iron size and whatever the hell it is, right? They're worried about whether or not they should get a two iron or something. It's like, dude, you're in the, dude, you're never going to use that, right? You're in your, you're flying the ball over the all over the place. Don't worry about it. So that's the same thing with a lot of MLB DFS. People worry about all these little small things and don't even get the basics right. Right? The basics are don't play over own players, play under own players, put them together. Correlation matters in, D, in, in baseball DFS. And just there's so much variance that you can build 7 million lineups and be fine. Right? Did you play one of the 7 million lineups? Okay, you're fine. Okay, that looks pretty good. Oh, well, it didn't work today. Okay, welcome to baseball. But that's, that's, that's what it is. That is what it is. That's why, I, that's why I talk about on slates where it's very easy to find relative value, to find leverage. It just seems easier to just do it that way. And there are slates where it's like, the le- there's tons of little spots of leverage, right? Built into your lineup, under-owned players, stacking its over-owned players a little, you know? But it's not as obvious. So you could build probably God knows how many lineups. Well, I can play this with that and this with this and this with that and this with this. Next thing you know, you've built 70,000 lineups. But on a slate like yesterday, it's like, wow, this is easy. Just X out cores and stack against one of the one of the two chalk pitchers. And then and that's it. If you wanted to play, if you wanted to play the Angels yesterday, go, go play. play. Play the Brewers, play whoever. I chose the two highest team total team. Astros Dodgers. Okay, good. But if you said, oh, I wanted to play the Brewers, I would have been fine also. If I had 20 lineups, I probably would have had a Brewers mix into there also. Then it would have gotten down to 100 lineups. I would have, it would have been all the other combos that, that weren't the, the, the Phillies, the Colorado. I chose I chose the Astros and the Dodgers. Well, why did you choose the Astros and the Dodgers? Well, they're the two highest team totals. Seemed like I only, I only was able to choose two. So why not choose those two? I could have chose the Brewers. I thought the Brewers, based on projected ownership, maybe was slightly overowned. They weren't. They didn't end up coming in overowned. But you could have chose the Brewers and been perfectly. I would have said, okay, that's fine. You could have chose the Padres and said, okay. I just happened the Astros and the Dodgers. So don't think about, well, what made you choose that over? The, oh, yeah, team totals. Yeah, but what happens if a team total is just like you're thinking too much? Like now, now you're now you're asking questions where you're thinking too much. Don't think that much. Alex Santi puts it best, right? MLB DFS is the simplest, but it's not sure it's the easiest, right? I think that's a better way, right? It's the simplest. Oh, let's see. Anything else in the YouTube chat before we get out of here? Josh Shock says, do you prefer DK or FanDuel for MLB slides? I prefer whichever site has the better payout structure for the main GPP that day. Today, it's neither. <laughs> Today, it's neither. I think FanDuel is slightly better. I don't like, like DK is doing 100,000 and then 25, then 10, then five. Like it's, oh, I hate that. DraftKings doing 30, 10, 5, 25 by the time. I think 10th place is $350. 
which is horrible also. But at least it's like a four dollar contest. So like, okay, I could, I could, I could play eighty lineups into that or something, a hundred lineups. DraftKings is a fifteen dollar contest, so it's like it's a matter of do I want to play forty lineups on DraftKings today, or do I want to play a hundred lineups or eighty lineups on FanDuel? Either way, I'm fine with. But typically, I just play on one site on a day. But it really has to do with the payout structure of the contests. Like yesterday, I only played five lineups only because I didn't want to build so many lineups. I'd I'd, I'd work to do. And I'm like, okay, I'm just I'm I'm just gonna small field single entry three max type of you know eighty dollars in a three max, but small event. I just what what else am I building? It's like I'm just, I, I I knew going in, I'm fading cores and stacking as one of the two chalk pitches. It's like if I'm doing that, like how many lineups do I need? Right. I'll just play five lineups and don't play the large because the large on both sides last last night, the large field payout structures were horrible. Also. So I'm just like, I just don't even bother. Uh, Money making Mike says the only successful lineups I've had this year uh, was fading the truck when I had five minutes to throw together a lineup, yeah, which, which is perfectly fine, which is perfectly fine to do. It's perfectly fine. You could just go and look at look at projections, sign up for Roto Grinders Premium. Click at that link in the description, get $10 off your first month. Just look at the projections, look at the ownership, look at the stack ownership. We'll have that. That's not out yet. We got that there. Right. I take a look at the ceiling projections in the bat. Right. Look, the Phillies are way above everyone else. But then we got the Dodgers. The Yankees aren't on the slate, right? It's seven. The slate starts at seven, right? The Red Sox. The Diamondbacks, even that game's going to play, maybe, right? Take a look here. If it's oh well, look, the Phillies are so much higher than everyone else. Yeah, what's their ownership going to be? Their ownership's going to be on an eleven-game slate, 25 percent. And it's, I'll find two two teams to pair together. There aren't the Phillies, and then the what happens is the Phillies put up eight runs, maybe. And you're like, oh, the Philly, the chalk came in. It's like, no, but some other team could have put up 16 runs and you didn't even need the Phillies, (laughs) right? So it's not like a given that like, oh, well, if the Phillies put up runs, you're dead. It's like, no, you just need another team to put up more, pretty much. Or hope that, you know, the Phillies didn't get there through like 17 home runs or something. It's all like, you know, BABIP stuff and singles and runs and like no one in the stack matters that much, right? It's like, yeah, oh, the five-man stack, everyone has like 14. It's like, okay, but it's like you could find 14s from other people on an 11-game slate. That's what you did. Look, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at teams, right? Teams, what's their ceiling, what the value is. The Braves may have value against Walker Bueller. The Twins against Carlos Hernandez. The Reds against Musgrove. Oh, that man, if Musgrove is chalky, I'll probably try to play the Reds again. They look awful at the plate, right? I could see that right now. I mean, just like I could show up and look at this like 10 minutes before a slate. Go, okay, ding, 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 ding. Right. Take a look at the weather, make sure the weather is fine. Oh, everything's fine. The weather. And then five, three, whatever, just put together four, 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 three, one, whatever, jam some lineups together. Take a look at the ownership compared to the ceiling projections. And there you go. Let me make a bunch of. It's like, what's the difference between your 50 lineups and my 50 lineups? It could be nothing. Right, I could make thousands of lines. Uh, so give me those thumbs ups. Give me the thummy thumbs, thummy thumbs on your way out the door. I'll be on Grinders Live later today. 
right? So I'm on Grinders Live with uh, with Dean, with Dean and someone else. With Keith, I think Keith is on with, with us. So I'll be back on five o'clock, five o'clock. We're, we're no longer doing the 445s. I, I've been told. I ain't showing up until five, right? That's what I, that's at least Devin told me that. So five o'clock, five o'clock Eastern, Grinders Live. I'll be back to talk about today's slate. That's why it's like, oh, you didn't know you're barely talking about today's slate or whatever. We don't talk that much about today's slate. We review stuff from yesterday. We discuss strategy. The YouTube chat's always cool, right? Smart people in the YouTube chat. Then I come back at five o'clock with Dean, with Keith. Talk about the 11 game slate tonight. Doesn't look like anything's going to be postponed. Live locks on the on the Scores and Odds YouTube channel with Grant. You want prop betting stuff. NBA, MLB, whatever. And then crunch time right after Grinders Live is free. You get Roth, you get the weather updates, you get everything there for free all year. So join back at five o'clock Eastern for me. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when we go live. And, uh, and I'll see you tomorrow to, re- to review the 11 game slate. What went right? What went wrong? And answer your DFS strategy questions, as I always do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 